everybody. You know you're in for a treat when you hear that tune because it's time for another episode of the Rec Poker Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Reed, Bluffsterini in the home game and at Rec Poker Jim on Twitter. And uh, if you're listening to this and you don't know what Rec Poker is all about, let me tell you, folks, it's a group of recreational amateur uh, poker players that we love poker. We love learning about poker. We love the fun of the game. Uh, but poker is more fun when you win. So we study together. We share each other's uh, pain. We learn from each other's mistakes and we have a great time doing it. And most of what we do is free. Um, so if you head on over to rec.poker, um, www.rec.poker, all it takes is an email address and a smile. Please sign up for a free account there and then you can join in the fun. And because of uh, so much of what we do is based on our volunteer group here, um, a lot of it is free. We have to thank our sponsors, the Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino, and of course, Mark Prashan over at Website Amp. Um, so I think I said off the top, I've got the best job in the world. I get to just hang out here with my poker friends and talk poker with uh, poker luminaries. Uh, everyone here on the panel is part of the Wrecking Crew. The Wrecking Crew is kind of the core team of Wreck Poker members that produces our content every month. Uh, and if you want to learn more about them and me, you can go to wreck.poker slash crew. But you can also just listen up because you're going to meet a couple right now. I'm Chris Jones. You can find me 5v5 on Twitter or 5x5 in the Poker Stars home game. And I am John Somsky. I am Poker Geek MN everywhere. And I'm Rob Washam, and I'm Rabman50, just about everywhere. And just a couple quick notes before we get into the interview today, which I'm excited for. Um, I want to shout out uh, D- uh, Dave Westerveld, Evil Roy, who was the winner of our Fun Country uh opa our 25 dollar grand prize weekly tournament that's open to all of our premium members up until now we've been running it every tuesday evening at nine o'clock eastern but starting in october uh, we'll be starting that on Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern. So a little later on Thursday nights, it's a sit and go for it's free to play for all our premium members. All you have to do is show up and take a seat and then you and eight other cool folks will be duking it out for that $25 prize. That's right. Free to enter $25 prize. Come join us for the Fun Country OPA. And uh, some of the premium members that are going to be taking place in that, I want to shout out one of our newest premium members, Catherine Pisk. I hope I'm saying that correctly, Catherine. Um, thanks for putting your $15 a month into the kitty. It helps us out a lot here. Just keep the lights on and uh, do all the fun things that we like to do here. We couldn't do it without your support. So, Catherine, uh, thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to getting to know you a little better. Uh, so, speaking of getting to know people a little better... We are talking to the one and only Dan Ross tonight. Dan's been on my radar for a while. He's been around for a long time in the world of poker media. Um, Dan, we were just talking briefly before we got on the air, but I don't like to do too much prep. So first, let me just say thank you for joining us here on the Rec Poker Podcast, Dan. I appreciate this. I've been looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. I've been following you guys since your very first episode. Wow, really? That's and and I think that would be about 414 episodes ago. So that's really saying something, Dan. Now, is that are you just blowing smoke or is that true? No, I actually heard the very first episode and <laughs> came a, came across it because at the time, uh one of the things that we own with Holdem Media is we own Holdem Radio. 
uh, the nation. It's been a podcast network since 2005, and it features Rick Poker. There you go. Beautiful. Um, well, it, it's been uh, it's been fun seeing you on Twitter a lot. And I'll just tell folks. So if you want to check Dan out on Twitter, it's at Holdem Media underscore Dan. Um, and uh, one of the things we're going to be talking about tonight is uh, his extremely slick uh, poker updates page. If you go to uh, www.pokerliveupdates.com, uh, you can see everything that Dan's getting up to there, uh, sharing his own love of poker, particularly live poker with the world. Um, but let's go back in time a little bit, Dan. Uh, it all started for you uh, a little over 10 years ago, and you were telling me that uh, radio was the first way in, and you just had a really impeccable sense of timing. Why don't you tell me a little bit more about how that started? So I was, uh, I've been in the newspaper business all of my life. I've had three hobbies. They were all, or I've had three careers, I should say. They were all my hobby. And poker has been one of them. So a group of us would always play tournaments in the Reno area. But you could never find out who won the tournament unless you went back to the casino the next day. Yep. Well, the majority of the players live two hours or more away. They lived in the San Francisco Bay Area. The uh, group of them knew my background in media, background in online media. And they asked me, can I put together a website where the casinos would just send us the results and we could put them up? Shortly after that, at one of those locations, run into the people, negotiate the deal, and purchase Hold'em Radio, which Sweet. at the time had 14 podcasts running every week. Amazing. and it was everything from rec poker to the anti up podcast and the like. Mm -hmm. So great move, <laughs> except for, well, you see what happened was 45 days later was black Friday. Oh man. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That, that hurts. That hurts. Even hearing it the second time that, that just, I feel for you, man, that, 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 I bet that felt great. Well, it, it was fantastic to build a business plan, get it all in place, buy the business, get the podcast together, decide here's all this revenue coming in from Full Tilt, from Ultimate Bet, from Poker Stars, and 45 days later have 98.5% of all the revenue go away. Mm -hmm. Which is just, it just reinforces... Um, uh, that's why the love of the game is so important, right, Dan? So. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a real good thing. I like poker. Yeah. <laughs> so, so take me through what, so what, how did you pivot? How did you survive? What, what did that transition period look like? And, uh, and what was it like to only be able to eat crusts of bread and, and water for a while? Well, you know, the crusts are really flavorful. Okay. <laughs> that's so, where they so we're in a good the place. nutrients. <laughs> that's right. So we're okay with that. <laughs> and relocating to, to Reno at the time. Uh, we're actually, we were working with, uh, in a similar format to Rec Poker. Uh, every Sunday, we were doing the live broadcast of the Club WPT uh, main event. Ah, yes. Which, once a month, would give away a main event seat to a World Poker Tour event somewhere in the world. So we're broadcasting those. We're trying to come up with ways to make things fit. We let's go back to what caught our interest, which was getting in the results of the live events. In Reno, started working with the individuals who were putting those tournaments on. And my background in writing is as a sports writer. Ah. So as we sat and talked about it, was the idea, you know, if whatever sport you happen to be a fan of, 
let's say you're a basketball fan and you're unfortunately a Boston Celtics fan. <laughs> now, those of us who are Lakers fans, we apologize. <laughs> now, but you want to follow the Celtics game. You're not close enough to catch it on TV. You're not going to be able to listen to it on radio. You crack open the ESPN app and you're watching the updates. All right. Well, you also see those updates for WSOP events. Mm-hmm. But there was something missing. There weren't updates for the rest of us. If we did not travel to the WSOP and we didn't enter the main event or we weren't playing for a bracelet, there wasn't something for us. So that group of players who had been asking me, can you put together just something to host the results? We decided let's put it together and pitch the idea of offering tournament updates for an entire series. Let's offer the updates for the $100 Omaha 8 and treat the rest of us the same as if we're that small percentage playing for a bracelet. I love it. And obviously it, it was a hit. And I mean, it is, as you say, it's exactly the same kind of spirit that we take here at Rec Poker, which is that, you know, everyone who enjoys playing poker deserves to be celebrated uh, when they succeed and, and to, to enjoy that excitement and that pleasure of, uh, 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 especially in tournament poker. Um and so did you have, what did, did the casinos eat it up? Was it a, a smooth road? Did you have to go pound the pavement and convince people to get more involved? Or what was that process like? The poker rooms ate it up. Good. Con- convincing the risk managers and the marketing teams upstairs? Yeah, not so much. Okay. All right. That where uh, when you walk into a casino and you're trying to explain to them that you want to do something that will help promote their poker tournaments and get more people involved. A lot of them, the response is, well, that's why we have a marketing team. Right. I said, so does your marketing team know what a three barrel bluff is? (laughs) And they said, not only that, our marketing team doesn't care what a three barrel bluff is. So thank you very much. And please leave and leave your drink behind. Wow. So, so it sounds like um, it really wasn't much of a priority, let's say, uh, to in, those. In some locations, it was not. And then we were really lucky with a few where it came out very well. We were at uh, the Peppermill in Reno. And it just so happened that the director of casino operations, who oversees the entire floor, plays circuit events. And it was a family business. So. Ah. It's a family casino, so we start. We really got a, a foot in the door there. Started doing an entire series, eighteen tournaments. We're on the floor for all eighteen tournaments, and we're doing tournament updates, as we said, for the hundred dollar Omaha or for the three hundred dollars seven p.m. start one night, uh, ten thousand dollar guarantee hold'em event. But we're treating it the same way as a WPT main event. Because the idea was everybody matters. And what we were able to to remind the casino executives was the people who come in to sit down and play one three, they're your regular customer. Mm -hmm. The person who flies in for a World Poker Tour event and flies out may never come back in the door again. Mm -hmm. But those of us who sit and play four eight limit, we come back three days a week. And when the game is running long, we're grabbing something to eat in the casino. Uh, those of us who either run well or run poorly make the mistake of stopping in the pits and leaving the rest of our money there. <laughs> Not yeah. by accident. You know, they, there's a reason they make you walk past all those shining lights and uh, sirens on your way out, right? 
Exactly. And they put the poker room in the far back corner. So you have to walk through the whole thing twice. Hopefully you get to the poker room with some money. And hopefully after you've run over the guys, when you're playing for it, limit, you come out and you get all the way to your car with your money. <laughs> now, Dan, um, are you, are, are you, like, cause you're the writer. Um, had, had, were you doing all the writing back then? Is it still you doing all the writing now? It is myself and a handful of veteran tournament reporters from all over the world mm -hmm. because as you know uh no poker room no poker tour runs tournaments 52 weeks out of the year right so the best poker tournament reporters in the world are part-time workers mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so if you work for the world poker tour and you travel with them all over the world you work what 21 weeks out of the year right so what has come from this is a number of those veteran tournament reporters saw what I was doing, would see me at their events because they'd show for the main event and I'd already been there for two weeks. And nice. the opportunity to work with them, I won't say drink with them to excess, but I will <laughs> say have more than a few beers. Okay. <laughs> that seems and, reasonable. And it's a, and the poker community itself is a small community. The reporting community is a very small community. So we know one another and I was able to start booking poker rooms all over the country, not able to get there myself. A handful of those reporters have joined in, and it's as many as eight reporters will be in as many as four cities the same weekend. Wow, now, that's so providing impressive. Providing the tournament results. That's amazing. And, and so all of the events that you guys cover, um, you've got someone physically there at the casino. Um, Taking photos, making notes on hands as they go down, uh, uh, putting like chip updates and that kind of thing out there and adding some color uh, to, to the story. Is that basically that what I've got? That is. So most people are familiar with tournament reporting from following along with the World Series of Poker. Yep. And if you, if you decide you want to play your one bucket list item and you travel to play the $400 Colossus, with 16,000, okay? <laughs> yes. what you're hoping for is that one of those dozens of reporters who were assigned the WSOP comes by your table and happens to get a hand update for you. True. Okay. Yep. Well, we're bringing this down to tournaments that might not even have 100 players. So the idea is we're trying to get the names of as many players in as we can so that from the rec player side, we write up something where maybe it is a larger event that's going on. Okay. And you're the one who knocks Scotty Wynn out. Right. Okay. We want to write that up. We want to add your photo to it. Have you put it on your Facebook page? Okay. Or have you tweeted out because we tweeted it out. And then the idea is as well, when those are happening, we don't want people to turn around and go, Hey, look what Dan did or look what poker live updates did. We want the house to get the credit. Mm -hmm. okay? So if it's at the Pepper Mill or if it's Thunder Valley in California or it happens to be another location, we want them to give the house credit so and, that they turn around and come back to play more at the house. And I, I love that you're celebrating the individuals that are taking part in this because I think you know, that I think you're bang on. Like I think when people go down to play in the WPT or the WSOP. Part of that experience is, oh, maybe I'll get on, you know, maybe maybe I'll get interviewed or, or get my picture online or something like that. I think there's definitely an element of that. 
Um, maybe maybe one of us will have Jeff Platt come and tap us on the shoulder and say, "Stand up for me, please." Yes, yes, exactly, you know? exactly. I mean, it is cool. It's a cool part of the of the poker world, particularly tournament poker. Um, well, and we get to tell those stories. Okay, so it's one thing to tell someone, you know, on a flop of four three seven, John raised to four hundred, Mike folded, and John picked up four hundred chips. Okay, there's times where that has to be done, and in larger events. There's much more of a focus on something like that because the people following along want to know, okay, did Helmuth's stack go up? Did Scott Seaver all of a sudden knock somebody out? They want to follow that. When we're there for two weeks, we're getting a chance to learn who the who the wrecks and the regs are. Mm-hmm. We're getting to learn the people who are there every night. And we get to learn something about them and we get to tell their story. So from our side, it's much more fun in 300 words to tie something about you into the hand you played, as opposed to just say that, you know, you three bet three flop and everybody folded to you. And there's just no substitute for, for being in the room for that, talking to people for more than just, you know, parachuting in for one day. Um, so you must you must have kind of developed some relationships with some of these poker rooms now that you've been back to um, because you're kind of embedded there is my understanding. Uh, so I guess what's what's one of your favorite poker rooms uh, to report from? Uh, let alone, I'm not sure whether you're playing there or not. Let's just say yeah. over the last little while, what's one of your favorites? Well, and in two weeks, I'll be at Thunder Valley uh, TV mm. Poker Room. You'll see the Twitter handle TV Poker Room. Uh, I'll be there for their World Series circuit event and where the circuit brings a reporter to cover the main event. We're going to cover every event. Now, I'm, I'll be coming up on my 10th year of doing wow. all the tournaments at Thunder Valley. Wow. So when you talk about being embedded in, we're here so much, we now have a house 15 minutes away. Ah, beautiful. Okay. There you be- go. So this has become the base. This has become home. And Thunder Valley has worked its way up from having six electronic tables to now being a 50 table tournament room and hosts a $5,000 buy in WPT. Uh, Bryn good this year is going to have the biggest tournament they've ever had a $2,500 buy in with a million dollar guarantee. Yet I'm going on Saturday to cover their hundred dollar Omaha eight. <laughs> All right. Because that's where we really saw how well it worked was the idea that we, our team becomes part of the room. Now to me, okay, maybe I become a little bit more part of the room than most will on the fact that if there's three tournaments going on, I'll be blogging one of them. I might have to make a floor call on another and I might have the hundred dollar bounty chips in my pocket paying out the bounties because <laughs> at Thunder Valley, I've become part of the tournament staff. Right. As well as the blogger. That's so cool. So we had uh, a w- WPT Deep Stacks had their final event ever and massive crowd. We had 1400 entries for it. Mm. Well, at one point, everybody who was wearing a suit all the guys, all the women who you see walking around doing chips and all the room got run over and every one of them loosened their tie and they got in the box and they were all dealing. Wow. Well, that meant that meant there was only one person left. And all of a sudden the blogger is running the tournament, making four calls. (laughs) 
<laughs> so well, that is that is embedded. So I am a member of the TDA because of that, and uh, I really am a part of the game. So Thun- Thunder Valley is a tremendous amount of fun. I truly, just before this started, I just walked through the door at the house, back from a week-long Run Good Poker series right on the edge of California's wine country. And it was an absolutely beautiful property called Greaton Casino. And it's up in Sonoma County. And we got there not knowing what to expect. The, the poker room's been there nine years and never held a tournament. Mm. So finally got the okay. The poker room manager has a great background in the game. And he got a hold of the group from Run Good. He brought uh, Jordan Cutter, who's a tournament director at Thunder Valley at Seminole Hard Rock. He put on the MGM series this summer in Las Vegas. He brought a great team of staff and dealers together. And we show up and it's like, okay, we're here. What if nobody comes? (laughs) Well, they asked us with Poker Live updates to help try and promote things and get the word out. And the great team at Run Good as well. With yes, Tana, they're fantastic. Haley, Joe Garrett, all they're of that the power behind. We thought well, it opens with a seniors event. Okay, so maybe it gets 50, 60 senior. 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning, 275 entries for the senior. Wow, fantastic. I, I have I have a new fun home. <laughs> you know? So we so they do a, a six hundred dollar buy-in for flight main event. They offer a $200,000 guarantee, which for run good is a pretty good number. Sure. 1,144 entries, the biggest tournament in run goods history, the highest prize pool in their history. And for a $600 buy-in, a recreational player won the tournament. Oh, great. $100,000. Boy. He bought in for three figures. He walked out with six. (laughs) You know? And it's a that's recreational player. Yeah, so, that's pretty good. You know, I love going there. Now, <laughs> as much fun as I have with that, I have a great deal of fun going to smaller rooms as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, friends of mine in Central California have a 10-table room. When I walk in the door there, it's like I've walked in to see family. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, dealers, the cocktail servers run over and I get a hug. It's yeah. like, where have you been? I haven't seen you for a while. <laughs> I get the experience on everything from that to the fact another one of our clients is the biggest room in the world, the commerce in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So we go everything from the biggest room in the world to 10 table rooms, but give me a 10 table room every day. Yeah. Because um, there we all get to have fun. And yeah. We're, and there's we're, play, we're playing a $20 all in or fold tournament. <laughs> okay. And it sounds like a giant home <laughs> drinking game. <laughs> uh, primarily because it is yeah 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 well i i think you're definitely on to something that those smaller rooms you know it's a more intimate scene uh people are going to get to know each other a little better you're also sitting at the same table with the same people more often because you're not spread out over um you know 50 tables or that sort of thing so i, I can see why that's a more like collegial uh, uh fun atmosphere to play in um speaking of collegial and fun uh, so I'll tell Chris and Rob and John, if you have any questions or comments uh, for Dan, just unmute at any time. And of course, our uh, our YouTube chat, 
Uh, we've got a few people piping up in there, so feel free. If you have any questions, just type it into the chat there. And our producing co-host, Chris Jones, will get to you in, in no time flat. Chris, what's the what's at the top of the list, buddy? Uh, well, this is actually a, my question. I, I don't have an audience question yet, but um, I'm I'm actually curious about you know. Um, this is obviously it's 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 a labor of love, but it's also you know a business that that the card rooms have to sort of like uh, kind of get on board with. And I'm wondering how um, how you how you sort of talk about impact of having that live reporting sort of factor at all of these tournaments. Like what what is it that you're either like talking to, to rooms about or like what what you're seeing the impact of having that experience. Um, as part of these sort of smaller tournaments, like wh- either either the impact that you've seen or the impact that you talk about seeing, like how how, do you, how does that play out in, in your mind? We get to it from a couple of different ways. Uh, one, we get to talk about the fact that because the poker community isn't a massive community, we'd love to think it is, okay, but we're a pretty small group. Well, therefore, everything that we write is going after their target audience, okay? Everybody who reads what we do is a potential player in their room. So that helps where a casino's marketing team is having to focus on what the special is at the steakhouse, okay? What the right. bet, what the uh, progressive jackpot is on the floor, what the hotel room rates are. And, oh, by the way, there's a poker room oh that's right i forgot about that we should probably do something for them too they're buried okay they're trying to promote hundreds of things every single week i'm trying to promote the twenty-five thousand dollar guarantee 300 with a black chip bounty yeah and and when you see oh go ahead and i'm able to speak the language yeah, because that's that's the key is like sometimes you see like the casinos try to do the marketing side of like poker and it's like, you know, like some guy with a whiskey in his hand and he's got a royal flush and there's like two beautiful ladies behind him and he's like it's it just like doesn't feel like like what anybody who actually plays poker sort of recognizes as poker being. Well, and especially when there's two tennis spades. Right. <laughs> you know? Okay. <laughs> so yeah, there's you, you see those and I'm not making fun of them in any way, but it's just, you know, maybe they saw rounders. Okay. Or maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe they saw, maybe they saw a commercial or they watched an episode of a TV show and they saw somebody playing poker and with all the different things that are going in a casino, poker is not going to be the highlight of a location because one of the things that I have to keep in the back of my mind is Although we love the game and we love playing it, a single slot machine on a casino floor generates the same revenue as seven poker tables. Oof. I, I, I hadn't had it quite put that starkly before, but that um, okay. seven to one is a is a very yeah. hard number to argue with, especially when you think that you could probably set up several slot machines in the space that it would take for one right. poker table. So. so so casinos talk revenue in terms of the amount of money they make per square foot. Right. Okay. When you take the amount of square feet, one table brings in. And if you're playing a $240 tournament, okay, that's only $40 rate times nine players. And that entire 40 doesn't go to the house. 
Okay. And that's all that's going to come in for that day until other people come and sit down at that table. Well, that slot machine, they're banging away on that slot machine fast. So I have to come, I have to keep in mind that. And what do poker players bring to the house? What are they bringing to that? So when there's a tournament going on, especially if there's one for two weeks, we're talking to the casino executives about the fact that players are coming from a much wider area than someone who will drive to play slots or play in the pit for a while. Mm -hmm. These people are coming and we're staying for multiple days. So they're staying in the hotel on property. So you get the increased hotel rates. If they're on property for multiple days and we're fortunate enough, hopefully, to go deep in multiple tournaments that may take a couple of days each, now we're eating on property as well. All right. Uh, so you bust out early. Uh, maybe you do end up in the pits there. Maybe you're playing blackjack for a while. Uh, there's so many different things that come in from a poker player who gets their player's card for the casino. And that's what we encourage them to do is track everything that poker player uses their player card for and realize that person has a tremendous amount of value. Mm -hmm. And the best way we try and explain it is using one from say a Thunder Valley, for example, where people come from a very small radius to come to a casino, to sit down, play slots for a while, grab something to eat and drive home. We did a tournament at Thunder casino executives that there were players from 39 different states hmm. who came to play at least one event. Okay. So where there might not be a lot of us, but when there's something really cool that's going on, we all show up. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, and you kind of set me up for a little segue here that I was interested in asking about, which is, so I, I guess your business model, I'm guessing it's mostly based around like promotional budgets from the venues themselves and the tours to get you on site and uh, and to provide your services for them is that the way that you think about it in that way the promotional reporting side or uh, do you have subscriptions or uh, do you sell ads on the website or how how does uh, how does Dan get paid out of all this the majority of it is coming from the uh, casino or the tour itself <clears throat> pardon me uh, and the casinos look at us as part of the marketing budget for the year focused primarily on the poker room itself so whether it's the tour itself that's hiring us we traveled for uh the final eight years of the heartland poker tour mm. we traveled with them to every event so uh, we were from daytona beach florida all the way out to california and it was a tremendously fun eight-year run so yeah that was that was 20 different poker rooms a year for eight years <laughs> Yeah, those are a blast. Uh, I was going to say, that does sound awfully fun, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, because you you get the opportunity to realize part of it, how small the community is. Because somebody who you run into in Florida, you run into at Choctaw in yep. Oklahoma three months later. Then you see them at in Blackhawk in Colorado a couple of weeks after that. Then you run into them in California. And all of a sudden, they're looking at you going, you know what? In the last month, I've seen you more than I've seen my wife. <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out whether that's a good or a bad statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> That's awesome. Well, give me one example of uh, a time that something went horribly wrong on one of these uh, professional outings of yours where uh, it seems like all might be lost, but you managed to save the day at the last second, or maybe you didn't, but uh, at a time when something went terribly wrong and uh, it made for a sticky situation. Well, we had to reinvent more than once. So we talked about Hold'em Radio, but we also had a situation after we had decided to really go full-time at tournament reporting. And our major client at the time had five series a year that they did. They were all two weeks long. So this was going to be huge. So we relocated everything to that city and it looked like it was going to go great. So we show up for the very first event and there's not very many people. And the casino had just sold. So the casino had brand new ownership. Oh yeah. It was a 19 day series. (sighs) We show for event one. I'm talking to the poker manager about the fact that our office now is only two blocks away. And my house is now only six blocks away. And nine hours later, he's putting his arm around my shoulder saying, so we missed the guarantee on event one. And the new owner has decided the rest of the series is canceled. Oh, Jesus. Wow. They didn't just cancel the guarantees. They canceled the 19-day series. Oh, my God. New owners. And I moved the business to the city, got a house, and (laughs) nine hours after the first event began, not only was the tournament gone, the room didn't host an event again for five years. Wow. So that, that was one that I couldn't really recover from. No, that's, <laughs> that's not like someone ends up yeah. having the right charger after all, and it all works out okay. Yeah, um, however, good lord. Okay. However, you go in with the chart, the charger that you mentioned. Okay. <laughs> Here's a little bit of a hint. Okay, if you're ever at a poker tournament and you're looking for a way to charge your phone, don't do what somebody did a while back and plug your phone into my computer. Oh, okay. Now, I get the benefit here. It's my own company. I can I can push the limits a little bit, and I can write and I can say things that a corporate executive really shouldn't. Okay, so I come back and I look, and plugged into the USB port in my laptop is someone's phone. Well, I went onto the blog, realizing the person wasn't going to be able to see this because they don't have their phone. And I type a blog post that says to the person who just plugged your phone into my computer, you have 15 minutes to come back and get your phone. I will leave. If when (laughs) I come back in 15 minutes, however, and your phone is still plugged in, I'm going to download all your photos onto my computer, publish them on the blog, and then tell your wife she might want to look at the photos. (laughs) (laughs) And was this... Um, had you scrolled through the photos or was this just oh, I, uh, this I was a range play here? You were yeah, saying I, I'm I'm a poker player. I was absolutely bluffing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, but I I left for 15 minutes. I came back, the phone was gone, there was a beer. Yeah, oh nice. nice. Like, oh well played, sir. Well played, sir. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I like that. I think that's probably uh he pretty much has to fold there. Uh, no matter what he's holding, almost his entire range has to fold there. So that feels like yeah. a good uh, that feels like a good spot. 
That that was a great bluff to run right there. That was a great was- bluff. <laughs> so uh, uh, we're getting some fun comments in the chat here. Uh, Philip Razor is saying that uh, this is making me want to go back on the road. Uh, yeah, no kidding, Phil. I think uh, talking to Dan, we all we're all getting a little itchy to go play some live poker and get some get some cards in the air. Um, well, Chris- I've I've yeah, been on Dan. the road a little bit lately. I just I did two weeks in Reno. I came home. I had to Sonoma's wine country for a week. I'm back for a week. We'll be at Thunder Valley for two weeks. However, in between that, we've got a week at uh, Valleys in Blackhawk in Colorado, and then back to Reno. So I'll hit five different tournaments in, or I'll hit actually 35 tournaments in five cities in six weeks. Amazing. And and th- 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 you set me up for this one. Like, Is there a slow period it, or is it just uh, throughout the year? Uh, do you take time off because it's important for other things in your life? Or is it just uh, you, you follow the tours and, and, the, and the rest of your gang out there is also just road warriors? Uh, h- how do you sort of balance it out? There used to be downtime. Uh, Mid-December to mid-January, everything used to, in the poker community, kind of shut down. Uh, there would be the five diamond the Bellagio. And from that point until mid-January, everybody had some time to themselves. And right after the World Series every year, there was a quiet time. It's gone away. And post-COVID especially, now the rooms that have been missing the game for the last two years, everybody wants to get back in and they all want to get back in yesterday. <laughs> so that downtime is gone. But with a number of reporters who are available and, and are looking for additional work, we get to rotate around and people get to pick what they want to do and when they want to get away. My, nice. my wife is my life balance. She's been with the Salvation Army for 31 years. So I deal with degenerate poker players. She deals with the ones who went bust. Yes. And a lot of her work for many years was built around emergency disaster services. Mm. So when I had downtime, I volunteered time with her, her hobbies, photography. When she had downtime, she came along with me. She's been my photographer at Uh, many of the locations I've gone to on her side. When they've needed help, I've jumped into a food truck and I've gone off and fed people when they've been evacuated from their house because of a wildfire. So we're each other's life balance. I love that. And it's, you know, I think that must be great for, for both of you, just when it comes to building empathy and being a better person, understanding the uh, tough spots that other people can be in outside of poker, of course. But um, uh, how do you feel like that's, has that affected the way that you sort of think about people or poker players or organizations or what has that experience kind of given you? It has for me a great deal. I appreciate the time that where I get to step away and be a volunteer for her. And her side is, you know, realize that if both your feet touch the ground at the same time, that means you're not moving. Therefore, you're going to be volunteered somewhere. <laughs> okay. And I don't know what I'm, where I'm going to be. I might be, you know, painting. I might be painting a building. I might be putting together food boxes for Christmas. I might be cooking meals for people. Uh, but if they both touch at the same time, she knows, uh, hey, you're going this way. <laughs> so, but there's so many positives 
that come from being able to sit down and put the time in to reach out and help people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those really help on the days where, okay, I'll admit it. Sometimes the sense of entitlement poker player gets to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I need to remind myself, okay, that's, that's a very small portion of a small community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's not, that's not the person we typically deal with. But the person who just loses their mind because uh, I couldn't read the name on their bag when they bagged on day two, and I didn't, <laughs> and I didn't realize it was supposed to be eight hundred and thirty-five thousand instead of three hundred and thirty-five thousand, and they text me at three thirty in the morning and are threatening me. It, yeah, guys, it's okay. um, we're gonna let dan go pretty soon here but uh folks in the chat if you uh have any more questions for him please type them up here and uh we'll we'll do our every week we do our little prize draw so uh, if you're watching along on youtube on youtube please enter just type the words food bank into the chat there and we'll do our prize draw at the end Uh, as dan says it's a great way to feel better about yourself is to help somebody else and a great way to make a, a difference in the world is by donating some time or, or money or some non-perishables to a food bank near you if you just google food bank near me you'll find somewhere uh where I, they can use your help yeah. so i hope you do i love the fact you used food bank as an example two weeks ago we had a chance my very first time to work with the charity series of poker mm. matt matt stout's group yes and it and it hit uh, my family from two different sides. Matt and the group putting on the event asked me to come and be there and participate in it. And it just so happened the beneficiary was the Food Bank of Northern Nevada that happens to be that happens to partner with my wife at the Salvation Army. So yeah. it was the entity that was the beneficiary for it. My wife works with them on a regular basis, and I was there for the charity series of poker. Wow. Yeah. So you mentioning food bank there. Thank you very much. We really appreciate, you know, when people in the community step up and offer help. Uh, thanks, Dan. And I think it is, it's the, it's the biggest ROI you can make on your time or money or contributions is just to do something locally uh, where you are with what you have. That's all you can do. Um, donating to food banks means that your help is directly given to them. It doesn't get, you know, parsed off into different levels of management or admin for charities and that kind of thing. So it's a great way to, uh, to make a difference in the world. Um, and I see we got a few people typing that in. Uh, so we'll do our Very draw nice. once, once Dan leaves as well. Uh, Chris, what, what else have you got here for our man? Well, Dan? I've got uh, two questions. Uh, one's a serious one and one's a less serious one. So I'll start with the serious one. We'll, we'll go to, then to the, the less serious one. But uh, Joe's asking in the chat, uh, since you see so many people repeatedly as part of uh, your work and part of your volunteer work as well, um, do you have any procedures for uh, what you do when you see people in crisis? Or, you know, what what is... What are some of your uh, tips or experience for dealing with people in crisis? Well, I have the benefit here with uh, my wife having been with Salvation Army for so long. Uh, three generations of her family are pastors. Hmm. So it it's helped from their aspect to kind of help me recognize somebody who could need help and understand that I'm not the person who can. I know how to help direct you somewhere where you can find the help and encourage someone to find that. Okay. It's encouraging the person that there one that there is somebody to talk to. Okay. I'm a great person to sit down and grab a cup of coffee or a beer with and tell me your stories. 
Okay. And in some instances, that's what it is. For me, it's taking off and getting the person out of whatever the situation is that they're in at that time, taking them for a walk and letting them vent, letting them talk, and letting and reminding them that there's somebody there who's willing to listen. In many cases, that's what's necessary. They need somebody to hear them. Okay. But you'll you're also going to run into that at the poker table. Okay. Mm-hmm. The person who in the four seat who's just complaining about everything that's going on, <laughs> they, they just need somebody to listen. <laughs> so from the turn from a poker tournament side, okay, they're complaining about the structure. They don't like the chips. Mm-hmm. They don't like the lighting. Okay. Have them step up from the table, walk away with them a little bit, listen to what they have to say. They get their recognition. And everybody else at the table got a break for three hands. <laughs> yeah, I, like yeah. that. <laughs> I like that. You're a saint if you do that at my table. Um, <laughs> so, and then sort of more poker related or, or maybe a little less serious, but I think also a really uh, good topic as I was kind of preparing for this, uh, I read your interview with Dan Stravinsky uh, and he asked you a little bit about sort of towards the end, if you had one thing to say about, to poker players or to the poker community, you know, if you could say anything, what would it be? And you said, remember that we're playing poker, that this is about play in the end. And like, that's something to keep in your mind. And I'm wondering if you can maybe just expand on that for us a little and sort of like either things you've noticed or things you bring to the table. What are some ways that you think we can all work together to keep poker fun? I think it's great because as you say it, okay, directly over your head on my screen, the first word is the word play. Okay. And I talked about it with Robbie. I was talking about it multiple times this week with the run good poker series when we Mm. were creating casino is I've been doing this for a long time. I, despite what people say, okay. Dirt was invented before I began. (laughs) Okay. They think it's the other way around. Okay. And it's probably pretty close. Hey, Rob, yeah. is that true? You're the guy that we sort of consider to be in that era. No, yeah, I was around long before dirt. So, <laughs> okay. No. And, and see, I, I like you for more than the fact that we have the same hairstyle. <laughs> okay. So, what I remember all those decades and decades and decades ago is play used to be fun. Yeah. Okay. And I said early on, I come from a sports writing background. I covered the Los Angeles Lakers. I covered the Raiders when they were in LA. And even those, okay, they don't work football. They don't work basketball. What do they do for a living? They play. They play basketball for a living. What are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to play poker for a few hours. The word play is in the sentence every time you head out. And to me, that's just a massive key. It's, I was, and I, gosh, I was even, as I realized it, I was telling it to the gentleman who yesterday won $100,000 in a $600 buyer tournament. We were walking arm in arm together. The, The tournament took place on an elevated stage in their ballroom. 40 tables down below, they're elevated up above and everybody's watching them. We're walking arm in arm down the stage and just talk to one another. And it was the idea. It's like, you know what? If we're not having fun, what are we doing here? Hmm. He won a hundred thousand dollars. He spent 600 <laughs> and his focus as well. At that time, it was an incredible amount of fun, but he had talked about the experience for both days. Hmm. And 
I took a lot of pride in the fact he related some of it back to me. He says, I always have fun when I see you. So we're doing something right. We get to have fun with it, whether it's the participation itself, whether it's walking by, you know, and laughing with everybody. Again, it's my own business, so I get to push things a little bit. Maybe I'm having a beer with you at the table while I'm working. Okay. But we get to laugh. We get to joke. We get to have fun. I had so much fun at Grayton this week. The people I've known in this community, I've played in the Bay Area for more than 20 years. So I know so many people there. People were coming in and giving me a hug and going, this place is beautiful. I love this. Thank you. I didn't have a bloody thing to do with the fact they put on a tournament <laughs> series. Okay. I got to be there to tell people stories. But it's okay to lose a hand and not scream at the person next to you. All right. It's okay if the person next to you actually does play eight deuce off and get there. <laughs> I use eight deuce off as an example because heads up. $69,000 for first place, $100,000 for second. They got all their chips in the middle. Queen nine against eight deuce off and eight deuce off had turned two pair. Yep. Right? Now, the other player could have pulled a Hellmuth there and screamed at him over, how dare you play this? Don't you know who I am? What he did, he looked at him and went, oh, I never put you on a hand like that. <laughs> and gave him a hug. Aww. And they laughed about it and they walked off together. You know, now granted he won $69,000 for a $600 buy-in. That's okay. nice. But the thing was at that moment, at that moment in time, he understood it. It wasn't that he lost the poker tournament. It wasn't that somebody played eight deuce against him. It was, I just won $69,000. Yeah. I'm in a good place. And I <laughs> had fun the last couple of days. I'm in a beautiful venue, great food. Brand new poker tables. Uh, and when we talk about play, it's one of the reasons why any of you listening, okay, I do not work for them. So I'll say this up front. But any of you listening, if you're near a run good poker series event, go. They will teach you how to have fun playing poker. Yeah, and I'll second that. We do uh, rec poker road trips to run good events all the time. Um, they've been a great uh, organization that we've really enjoyed partnering with uh, for for a lot of events. And I feel like Dan, I know you you got involved with rec poker back when Steve Fredland uh, had started it, and Steve's not as involved these days. So um, I can't wait personally to get to know you a little better because I feel like I'm talking to a long lost brother here when it comes to the priorities in poker I and having that. fun. And no, it's true. It's true. It sounds like you're really out there doing, doing things the right way. So thanks for coming on the show and for uh, teaching me a little bit more about you and what you're doing and your mission. And uh, I think we're all, everyone who's listening to this is on the same page when it comes to making poker fun, keeping it fun, um, especially for recreational players uh, making it as easy as possible for them to have a good time and to and to come back and learn more and to play more and to keep it going and pass it on to a, a whole a whole another generation. Um, Thank I you guess for that because that's one of the things that I I get the benefit of not just getting to do the hundred dollar Omaha tournaments. I get to work the major events around the world as well. So everybody who plays the game is someone I get to sit and talk with. And one of the things that I constantly do is remind players when they're at the peak of the game, when they can buy in 
two super high rollers for $300,000 in prior multiple times, remind them that they're <laughs> less than 1% of the game. Yeah. We're the, if, if you're being rude to us and you're going after the rec players in the game, <laughs> you're destroying your game. It's you fun it. to play poker. Be respectful of everybody in the game. Be respectful of the women who are sitting down who are afraid to play because they think they're going to get verbally abused by the guys who are there. Be respectful as the pro to the recreational player at the table who might not play GTO. And he might not fold third pair because maybe he doesn't know that he's not supposed to, or maybe he thinks it'll be really cool to knock a pro out by playing third pair. (laughs) All right. Let's have fun with the game. It's, It's a great game to play. We can have a great deal of fun while playing it. And if the cards go right, we want some money while we're at it. And I'm okay with all of that. Yeah, I don't know a lot of people that go to the movies as a hobby and make money doing that even once. So if you tell me, you know, that's one of the things I love about poker as a hobby, even if you're playing it as a budget and not as a bankroll and something you can go spend money on every once in a while. Um, I don't see anyone coming out of the movies all buggered off because they put in 30 bucks and they didn't leave with 60. You know, that's uh, it is fun. It, it, it should it should be something fun. Um, I see some folks in the chat here. Jim Gibson, he's heading to Cleveland for the Run Good event uh, next week. He's excited for that. Uh, Phil's going to be doing the Run Good series in October there in Iowa. So, you know, um, we know we got some people here who know how to have a good time. And we also got Kevin Mathers back in the room. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for tuning in. Kevin My says he's fun. That's what he says. He says, I'm catching up on the stream. Glad to hear my poker dad on the podcast. (laughs) So, okay. And Kevin will appreciate this. It all ties back together. Okay. in the idea that it's a small community. Years ago, Kev Math and I are standing on the floor at WSOP and somebody walks by and takes a picture of us, posts us on Twitter and says, father and son. (laughs) uh, okay kevin's almost a foot taller than i am (laughs) right but kevin's about a foot taller than most people he's a big boy but you you look at it and we look up rather similar body shape everything uh, except he has hair and i don't okay (laughs) and the person who took that photograph finished sixth in the main event yesterday at at snow and he reminded me Oh. And he said, by, he said, you've used that photo many times. You never paid me for it. I think you should at least take me to dinner. So, so Kevin, you and I, you and I owe Sean dinner, but he just, he just won $25,000. I think he should take us to dinner. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think you're onto something there, Dan. So I hope you and Kevin and uh, Sean get to enjoy some steak and lobster. Uh, I with like the some, way you think. Uh, Chateau Neuf de Pop. You know, let's really let's make it worth it. Let's make it worth it for that sixth place finish. Um, well, Dan, thank you so much. This has been uh, a treat. I think you and I are going to have to connect offline a little bit and see how we can uh, shine our love of poker light a little brighter around the uh, poker world because we got too many things in common not to be doing it together. So look for uh, look for an email from Rec Poker Jim one of these days soon. And um, I'm looking forward to it, sir. Yeah, me too, man. Well, good luck with everything. Oh, and again, I guess, so uh, where should people reach you if they want to get in touch with you? I know if they want to check out uh, pokerliveupdates.com, it's that easy. They can just go and type it in. Is Twitter your preferred place to connect or how do you like people to reach out to you to to make that connection? Twitter's the easiest place to find me. Uh, The poker community connects via live events. 
mm-hmm. via Twitter. That's where we spend our time. We actually run the accounts for a dozen different poker rooms around the country. Ah, right on. 24-7. So, uh, yeah, my, my wife will admit uh, the phone goes off at all unusual hours, <laughs> and it could be a tweet about something. So, yeah. media underscore Dan or Poker Live Updates. Reach out to us. Right on. Well, yeah. uh, And please don't hesitate. If you guys love the idea of seeing tournament updates, but you want your room to do something more than just when there's a major tours main event coming in, let them know. Tell mm-hmm. them to reach out to us. Okay? We'd love to show up. Yeah, and I think just like we've said for Rec Poker members as well, um, if you're in a locale where there's a casino where you'd like to get, or a card room or something like that, where you'd like to get a little more attention or some fun, uh, it's up to you. Make the connection. Go go walk into the card room, talk to the tournament director, talk to the poker director, and say, hey, I, I think you guys could be having more fun here. I think we could get more people in the room. And tell them to get a touch at Dan Ross, uh, hold them media underscore Dan on Twitter, or to send that email to Jim at rec.poker. And let's, uh, let's get some more excited, fun people out there uh, celebrating this community that, that we love so much. All right, Dan. Well, this was a treat. I feel like I learned something um, and I'm already looking forward uh, to our next conversation. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. We're going to go into some home game results and talk about some other upcoming events that we're all excited about. But um, like I said, I just can't wait to, to do this again, maybe with a beer in hand. Now, now you're speaking my language and it <laughs> might even be one of the beers that a few of the players dropped off this past week in Sonoma. <laughs> Ooh, all right. You are doing something right, Dan. It sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, that's Dan Ross. Uh, we've been looking forward to this one for a while. Um, finally got a chance to get him on the show. And it was cool for me just to learn a little more about um, his story and some of the early days for Holden Media and getting involved with Rec Poker back when it was just the Steve show uh, years and years and, and years ago. Uh, we got some fun uh, comments in the chat here. I want to say, yeah, Kevin. What a treat. I love it when Kevin Mathers uh, drops by. Kevin's a member of our Wrecking Crew as well, and just a phenomenal person in the world of poker. Um, not just poker Twitter, but just a, just a great guy. Um, a, a regular participant in our Tuesday night online play and hangs. And Kevin, we kind of took the summer off for those. We've been doing some of these fun country online play and hangs on Tuesday nights. I don't know if you caught the beginning of the stream, but we're going to be um, shuff- shuffling that to Thursday evenings. So starting in October, Kevin, we'll be doing our regular online plan hang every Tuesday at nine o'clock Eastern. And I hope uh, to see your smiling face in there again, probably with some sort of NFL related baseball cap, uh, if I know you. So uh, this was, I got a little twofer. I got to meet uh, Dan and I uh, got to see Kevin, even if it was only in the chat uh, for the first time in a while. So that's, that's a lot of fun. So uh, I guess before, so I, I like that Dan also mentioned um, uh, people in need. We'll do our uh, we'll do our our food bank drive uh, roll right now. So just to remind folks, uh, I think we've got seven people so far that have entered their food bank uh, queue into the chat. So if anyone else wants to add their name to that, now's your last chance. Um, we're going to roll this eight sided die and see who the winner is. If you're not a Rec Poker Premium member already, A, why not? What are you doing? But I understand. Uh, so the, the, if you're not a Rec Poker Premium uh, member already, your prize will be a free month at Rec Poker. 
which is usually about $15, which is pretty good value if I do say so myself. Um, and if you're already a Rec Poker Premium member, then we're going to be able to uh, just translate that $15 into a credit you can use in the shop towards uh, some coaching experiences with the group, uh, a Wrecking Crew member one-on-one coaching time, a database review, video analysis. Uh, there's a lot of ways you can get better a little more actively than just uh, participating in the strategy conversations and posting in the forums and that kind of thing. Sometimes it's nice just to get some one-on-one attention and uh, shine an objective light on what you might be doing better, what you could be doing better. So, okay, we got Ben in there as the eighth person. So I think we're going to start with uh, Jack was the first name. Yes, Jack was the first name. So we'll start him with a one and roll down from there. And I, I like Jack, but I hope we don't roll a one just because we've been rolling a one like a, a suspicious, suspiciously often on this. And I don't want people to think we're playing with loaded dice. Let's just see what we got. A two. All right. So this one goes to Evil Roy Slade. Oh my God. Dave, you are like overflowing with Rec Poker uh uh what am i trying to say perks here you got a 25 dollar amazon gift card i think this is your second time you've won the draw here in the last month so everyone be like dave dave dave's cleaning up here in the chat i'll just tell everyone it's free it's free to join this uh podcast conversation every monday night at 7 30 eastern here on youtube not only do you get to meet cool and exciting people like dan uh, but you get to put your questions in and there's this chance to win a prize at the end. Sometimes we'll give away a copy of a book from one of our guests or uh, someone else's membership or something like that. Um, so it's always something to come by and check it out. So you know the drill. Send me an email, jim at rec.poker, just because my bird brain will forget it immediately as I'm uploading this video later tonight. So send me that email, jim at rec.poker, and we will get you hooked up with uh, your credit. Thank you so much. And um, on that note, if people have been trying to get in touch with me over the last couple of weeks, and it's taken me a while to get back to you, I am just overwhelmed right now. I just have so much stuff going on right now. It's I'm being irresponsible in how long it takes me to respond to emails. So just it's nothing personal if you've emailed me and I haven't gotten back to you. It's just I'm a little under the pump right now, but uh, I am cl- slowly climbing my way back to having a reasonable um, email window. So, yes, please don't hesitate. Send that email to jim at rec.poker. Uh, John Somsky, you are our online home games director. Uh, when you started, there was one monthly online home game. Now there's 45, I think, if you count the Tournament of Champions on the second Monday of every uh, of every month. How are you holding up, bud? Um, well, you know, <laughs> I could kind of relate to you saying you're overwhelmed. Uh, <laughs> we've had a flood in our house, so we've been oh. dealing with damage there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it just there's been plenty going on. Yeah. <laughs> Floods. That's mm, there. That's some fun to be had there because you get yep. you get you get not only the fun of um, repairing the cause of the flood, but there's also a lot of personal effects that get damaged. And then, as a contractor, I know as well. There's just there's nothing quite as fun as having to replace a bunch of flooring and trim and like the lower two feet of drywall in all the areas where it happens. So um, you've well, got not much drywall was 
happening. What makes this even worse is this wasn't a natural disaster. Type of this was a I left the sink on in the master bathroom. <laughs> type of flood. Oh, no. So not only is there a flood, not only did we end up having to jackhammer up part of the tile in the master bathroom to let it go. And the ceiling in the basement is completely yeah. ruined. And they had to cut out like a 30 square foot area of the carpet down there. On top of all that, it was only my fault. One hundred percent. That I always find that's like a mixed blessing because, well, no, it just stinks. It just stinks when it, when it's all your fault because you can say like, oh, well, I'll learn from this myself, and I could just sort of like direct all my frustration inwardly. But um, that's not very therapeutic. That doesn't really well, help make you feel any better, does it? And and the thing is, is my wife has been very understanding about this. <laughs> And I'm just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. I mean, I I have, and I told you so, or I mean, years from now, it's going to come back. <laughs> but you remember when you cost yeah. thousands of That's dollars just, worth. You of- just keep that one in the back pocket right there. That's just yeah. the way you need that. Yep. Yep. So anyway, it's it's been fun. Now we're trying to figure out what we're going to do with the house and how to get it repaired and remodeled and blah 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 well get, feel free to give me a ring anytime offline we can talk about I, i've done you know uh, i'm getting some comments in the chat here yeah i was a i was a contractor um for a long time i ended up hurting my back pretty badly now i do inspections and i do quality control work for builders and pro- uh, property management companies and that sort of thing but i do love talking about home renos and uh, the process of repair and that kind of thing. And I, I always have some free advice for friends. So John, don't be a stranger. If, uh, if you want me to look at some quotes or something like that, like that would be fun. Cause yeah, that, that sucks, man. And, and you've got to go through several stages of repairs now for all the different right. ceiling guys, not the same as the floor guys, not the same as the tile guys. So, um, yeah, you're in for it. I'm glad you've got such a sunny disposition. Yeah. Well, and the, the thing is, is I, think my wife might be angling saying well you know if we're gonna remodel it anyway we may as well get what we want out of it <laughs> but does it really make sense to put all of that into this house oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we'll see i may end up getting a new house out of this before it all is said and done now that is an expensive leak that yes, is an that expensive leak yeah yep. Yeah, see, that's why I don't shave in the sink anymore at all. Just I, I, that's that's the kind of horror story that I've been hoping to avoid. Nope, just don't even plug that sink up in the master ensuite as well at, at all. You're playing with fire, playing with fire. Yeah, well, pretty soon, you know, she'll just have me sleeping outside in the tent out back, and that might be safer <laughs> for the house overall. Anyway, I think it probably would be. She's a smart yeah. woman. She's a smart woman. You know, this is true. Yeah, well, you can't speak for, for taste did, in. Yeah, I beat you to it. Was, I beat yeah. you to it. Yeah, I yeah, knew yeah, you were yeah. going to go there. I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> All right, John. Well, why don't you take us through uh, the last week of home game results here? All right. Well, we'll we'll start off with our mixed game championship series, and none other than Megra Forty Four. Oh my! One his it. very first mixed game of the year, second lifetime. And that's his 41st win overall. Wow. 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 That's double D. And we saw him in the uh, running aces on Twitter. He came oh. in. I think he chopped a tournament at running aces just wow. within the last week. 
No I saw kidding. Doug's, I, I saw Doug's picture. He knows what he's doing. There's no doubt. The power of Magra. Way to go, Doug. And then for the Tournament of Champions, we have Red Devil MN. Or no, sorry. The uh, This is the Heads Up series. I have it in the wrong slot. Oh, boy. The Heads Up series. Rev Devil, Red Devil MN won that and will be in Marek Madness next year. Nice. Guarev, he took me out in the first round. He, he did not believe me when I triple barreled. Um, he was correct. I did have a flush draw the whole time. It did not come in. And that was my exit from the uh, Marek Ma- Madness uh, qualifying championship. Um, but that, it was a fun, it's a fun format. I think people, people should play more of these heads up challenges because it's hard to practice that in a meaningful way. It's, it's hard yeah. to study for. It's had to, hard to get reps in. Um, well, he and I were battling for the final round ooh. back and forth and the lead went back and forth a couple of times. So, but I just, I couldn't handle it in the end. <laughs> so he, he, he was a killer then he took you and me out of the tournament there. Yes. Yeah. Well done. I, I, I mean, one of those is obviously a bigger deal than the other. <laughs> Yeah, the one that got to the finals, I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. are the Marek champion, you know. Well, really? Yeah. That's just because I'm lucky. That's uh, all. Uh, sure. And I, I don't okay. want to. I don't want to dox uh, Guarev either. But um, he did tell me some exciting information in our match in the chat while we were playing, and so I just want to say uh, to Guarev, congratulations, man, and I'm so excited for you. And also, congratulations on winning the uh, Heads Up bracket. So you have won yourself uh, a bronze pin, and we'll be holding on to uh, to that for you and keeping it safe until it's time to send it on. Congrats. Next, we have Les Paul 99. Michael Pinciero got his second oh, nightly victory beauty. for the year. Mm-hmm. Mudslinger 1942, Jack Pestel won the daily TOC. That's the one that was supposed to be up in the other location, but won the tournament of champions and got his very first silver pin. Nice. Now then KB got his sixth nightly victory for the year. Doug, beautiful. Meg, Megra 44 is back again, getting his oh, wow. fifth nightly victory for the year. Lefty 19 got his or her third nightly victory for the year nice road michael and lefty they're buddies that's good roadstar 33 got his second nightly victory for the year then aces 54 320 kathy, kathy chang got her second daily mixed victory for the year and then we're on to the international events and evil roy ca david westerveld got his fifth international victory for the year east code Coast Bitter Enslow. Now, I think Enslow should probably make his first name public as well. Last time it was private. He's here. Halfway there. He's here tonight in the chat. And he's here tonight in the chat. So there you go. You're so so close. So close. And and Michael, actually, Michael Michael Pinciero's uh, one of the people that I know I got an email from recently that I have not yet responded to. So I'm glad I put that out earlier. Thank you, Michael. I saw the email. I just haven't had time to respond, but it's coming, I promise. (laughs) And then we have Kumbinkley, who oh boy. swears that after this was these results were captured, his name is now public. I have not verified that as of yet. <laughs> he won the LPP event, so he can contact Jim at rec.poker for his free month at Learn Pro Poker. Uh, I'm not sure if we want Eric Jim 
That's right. I put it out there. Binkley, we all know who you are. Yeah, I think we have permission for, with yeah. him. Yeah. Um, so great. So now he gets to go to learn pro poker for a month for free and get even better at poker. Uh, we might want to do something about that, guys. I think Eric might be getting too good at poker to qualify for the learn pro poker. But like, we, we don't want him getting much better because then is there even going to be any competition on these fun country open nights? Like, I feel like it's either Eric or Dave winning every single week. So Kevin, uh, Kevin uh, Mathers, I see in the chat here, you're going to have to come in and break this party up, Kevin. We're looking at you to come in and uh, steal the fun country OPA crown from Eric and Dave. Cause they're just like trading it off every week. Just cashing those 50, those uh, $25 checks week after week, making it look easy. Can't have it. All right. And uh, so that's, uh, yeah. And again, every Sunday night, our home game, it's free to play in. It's at nine o'clock Eastern. And just like all of our home games are free to play in on Sunday night, the winner gets a free month at Learn Pro Poker, which is a fantastic training site. And everything they do there is awesome. Ryan LaPlante is a great friend of the show. We even have our own rec poker study group every month that deals exclusively with Learn Pro Poker material. If you're listening live, uh, our next one's actually this Saturday on September 24th at one o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern time. I'll be hosting uh, a study group talking about uh, one of Ryan's latest training videos coming out at Learn Pro Poker. And um, it's just, uh, yeah, they're, they're good people and uh, we're, we're happy to be partnered up with them. Uh, Chris, we are uh, in September and the theme of the month in September has been defending against CBETs. Oh, we didn't ask Dan about that, but maybe I'll get on my rocker a little better for future guests and we can, uh, we can see about that. Um, what is the theme coming up in October? Uh, three betting as the aggressor. So uh, making three bets pre-flop and then what the implications are post-flop and how we sort of approach all kinds of different spots and situations uh, where um, three bets may happen. Nice. That's a, a really, especially for recreational players like us, three betting is like a, a license to print money. I think we're not doing it enough. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some of us are doing it too much. But there's a there are some real kind of uh, rules of thumb that you can follow when three betting. That if it's not something that you're very comfortable with, uh, I think you could really get a lot out of this, and it can really help your bottom line. Um, so I encourage all our folks to go and check that out. Um, but for the for the month of September, we're still looking at defending against CBETs. We've got Carlos Welch coming on the forums edition of the podcast to talk about uh, defending against CBETs. We're going to take a look at a hand from that. Um, and I'm not sure who our guest will be for uh, the forums in um, in October, but someone who knows a thing or two about three betting. So I'm excited to see uh, what's going up, uh, what what happens in that one as well. And uh, if again, if you're listening to this live, then you've got a week before Wednesday, September 28th, when Chris will be holding his monthly Q&A for all our premium members to come and join the theme of the month, as we say, defending against CBETs. We've been looking at some uh, different spots throughout the month, and that'll be a fun time to come and ask Chris your questions or share your thoughts with the group uh so i encourage everyone to come and check that out as well yeah and usually and if we run out of questions what we usually do is just run through some hands like i run through a little exerciser and we start talking about spots so we get something to say even if we don't have a lot of conversation or questions coming our way so yeah there's something to learn there they've been good sessions i thought yeah i really enjoyed them 
Um, it's a good mix of sort of abstract strategy conversation, but then also really getting down into the nitty gritty of some hand examples. And yep. so uh, for our premium members, we, I mean, we have activities virtually every day of the month. There's a different Zoom meeting you can come and join to talk strategy or a study group or the book study uh, or a Twitch stream or something like that. Some of this stuff is free. Some of it's just for our premium members. But um, Wednesday night, if you if you can only make one night a week, uh, Wednesday night is kind of uh, a key night. It's the book study uh, on the first and third Wednesday of the month. We do the focus on Wednesdays. We do the online review and hang on Wednesdays. We do Chris's Q&A on Wednesdays. Those are all for premium members. We also have our monthly home game uh, series on the first and second Wednesday of the month. We've got our mixed game demo with Unshuffled uh, on Wednesday nights. So there's a lot of fun to be had on Wednesdays. And I, I do encourage our folks to come and check that out. And you are going to see a couple little tweaks to the schedule. I teased it earlier in October. We're going to be going back to our uh, online play and hang on Tuesday nights, uh, which is an awesome way for premium members to get together over Zoom and sort of hang out while we're playing in the nightly home game. We're going to be doing the Fun Country OPA on Thursdays. Um, so yeah, so just keep keep uh, keep your eyes peeled and keep tuning in every week. And I'll try and give you a little update on to what's coming up uh, in rec poker world. What do you think folks? Is there anything else that we should, uh, hit? This one went long. I, I, we had a long conversation with Dan Ross. That was longer than I was expecting. Um, and, uh, I love, we're getting all this, all this, uh, great feedback in the chat too. So I want to just say thanks to everyone. Uh, Joe, Dave, uh, even Phil, let's thank Phil too. Um, <laughs> who else we got in here? Uh, Michael, Roger, uh, the real Jim, uh, Kevin, uh, Martha was in there, uh, Ben, a few other folks I'm sure I'm missing, but thank you so much for entering your comments and questions. It's always so, so much more fun when we get to see people uh, getting involved. And of course, I got to thank Dan Ross, Chris Jones, John Somsky, Rob Washam, the Running good, the running Aces Hotel, Racetrack and Casino, and Mark Prashant, but mostly you, the listeners. See you guys soon.